The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you here on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, do you ever scratch your head about how some people make decisions? I, I probably do it, uh, I don't know, 30, 40 times a week. <laughs> <laughs> so five or six times a day. Five or six times a day. About once an hour. Mm-hmm. You just scratch your head and say, what were yeah. they thinking? Is or that- who were they talking to? Ooh. Or, and that's usually what it is. Right. You know, who were they talking to? Where, where, What were they listening to? Yeah. Yeah. What affected their... Because quite actually, mm-hmm. you know, once you have been in this business a while, you kind of know your clients and you know what their capabilities are. You know what their strengths are. You know their background. Mm -hmm. And some dude comes in and and he sounds like he has graduated from Harvard. And he's using extremely long, multi-syllable words. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that's not who you are. Right. You've been watching that Bloomberg again, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Is Mm -hmm. is, Is that what goes through your mind? Right. So I'm going to do a quick little review of what we've talked about in the past about biases. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm going to really make mental health and the psychology of of the human extremely elementary because I only took two or three classes in it, you know, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. We can hit the high points. We're going to hit the high points today. So basically, if you were to think how the average human makes their decisions... Think of uh, like having two brothers at home, Mm -hmm. and they are older than you, and they're more experienced than you, and so uh, they love you, and you love them, and you take their advice. Mm -hmm. Now, one of them is this hyper little dude, and he's really good with short-term answers. Mm -hmm. You know, you ask a question, you know, why does the sun come up in the east? And he'll snap back two or three sentences. Right. And he's done, and he's on to something else. Mm-hmm. Okay, the other one is more introspective and more intellectual and right. more long term. And when you talk to him, he is more long winded, mm-hmm. and he will give you the down and dirty of how the science works and where the trajectory of the moon is mm-hmm. and how the, the 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 attitude of the Earth mm-hmm. g- compares to where the sun is and all that. Right. And you know every time you ask him a question, it's going to be about 30 minutes worth of answer. Yeah. Okay? So most of the time, if you're going to ask a question, you're going to ask a question of brother number one who gives you just a quick answer and you move on. Because you're a busy dude. Yep. And you don't want to really think about this that much. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, that's the way we are when we make decisions. Who we're going to marry. Believe it or not. Where we're going to go to college, yeah. what our, our vocation's going to be, which stocks we're going to invest mm-hmm. in, 
we try to get a quick, easy answer, don't we? That's right. And I don't want to call up Bubba. Because mm-hmm. Bubba's like brother number two. And Bubba's going to give me a reason why I don't need to do this or a long-winded reason about why I do need to do this. Yep. And I just want to feel better right now. Mm-hmm. And I want an answer right now. So I look for all those people in my life yeah. that'll give me brother number one answers. Mm-hmm. And I can find them all over the place. You can find them with a couple of clicks on your phone, mm-hmm. brother number one answers. Mm-hmm. And at the coffee shop. Yep. And in my Sunday school class, mm-hmm. maybe my brother-in-law fits into that yep. category. Mm-hmm. He's system number one answers real quick. Are they necessarily right, though? Not necessarily. Did we really take into consideration all of the factors when brother number one gave us an answer? Did he know all the factors? Or is he just one of those yeah. kind of lazy, quick, got to give you an answer, spit it out kind of yeah. guys? Somebody that has an answer for everything. Oh, yeah. Whether it's right or wrong, mm-hmm. whether he fully considered it or not, yeah. whether he knows you and your risk tolerance. But, Greg, if you say it with enough conviction, then it's got to be right. <laughs> you you know? act like it came straight from the Bible. It, that's right. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so many of us get our advice and our input from those brother number one answers. Mm-hmm. Because are we basically lazy? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Huh? I put everybody in that category, <laughs> and, you know, and I'm I'm not you know picking on anybody yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, you know, we are. Our brain is right. Our brain basically has these two kinds mm-hmm. of systems working: brother number one, brother number two. I'll give you the perfect example of how people are lazy. Okay. All right. I could tell you, uh, Greg. Tell me what uh, ten times twelve is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. One hundred twenty. 120. Everybody knows that, right? Right. How many people were thinking, where's my phone or my calculator? I got to figure this out, right? (laughs) Yeah, because we have gotten this bias where we don't even turn on that mathematical side Mm -hmm. of our brain anymore. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. You know the answer. Everybody out there who's in more than the third grade, Mm -hmm. when they they heard me say 120, they're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But... The first inclination mm-hmm. for anybody born since 1990? Yep. Oh, math. Math. Yeah, where's my calculator? God, do I have to remember those mm-hmm. tables again? Mm-hmm. I remember that teacher yelling mm-hmm. at me about, did you do the eights last night? Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's the nines. Right? Yep. And so what have we done? We've gotten dependent. Sure. Very dependent on our phone, on our calculator. You can do it in your brain. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to. You don't. You've gotten used to getting the answer from somewhere else. And why would you when it's easier to get it from somewhere else? That's exactly right. So what our brain does over time is we develop these real quick shortcuts. Mm-hmm. They're called biases. So, brother number one, let's say we confront him one time. We ask him a a question, he gives us an answer, and we come back two days later and say, listen, dude, that answer you gave me was wrong. Mm -hmm. You said that 12 times 10 is 110. It's not. It's 120. Right. And he goes, ooh, well, now I'm going to be held accountable, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to everything that's ever worked in the past. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm going to develop a shortcut. So every time they ask me a math question, I'm going to either revert to my short-term memory or I'm going to grab that calculator. Right. Okay? And so we develop these quick biases, which are quick kind of short track answers that will help us out and maybe mm -hmm. give us a little ammunition. Well, every time you ask a math question, I always go to my memory. Mm -hmm. Or every time you ask a math question, I always go to the calculator. Right. And most of the time that works. Mm -hmm. So now I have a bias. Every time I hear a math question, if I don't have it in my quick short-term memory, I grab a calculator. So what kind of biases do people have about dealing with their money that mm -hmm. come from their brain? We're going to talk about that today here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus right here with you on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot to all of our valued sponsors and our consistent listeners at the Advisors Roundtable. So just a quick review. We're talking about how that in our brain we're making decisions. We mm -hmm. come to a decision where we're going to have lunch today. Okay, most of the time, system one, little uh, brother number one, the real fast one, the one that wants to make decisions, get things off his mm -hmm. desk, give you an answer real quick and curt, and rely on biases, the recent things that have happened. Yep. Most of the time, we get an answer from him. Mm -hmm. Okay, now this brother number two is the more introspective one, the right. one that thinks long term. The ones that, one, he's the brother I really don't want to talk too much. Mm -hmm. Kind of bores me. He uh, requires me to think deeper. He requires me to plan. He requires me to maybe do a little research. And I like brother number one. Give me quick, fast, lazy answers, Bubba. Mm -hmm. Okay? And some of these biases that brother number one relies on are things that we've talked about recently, like a recency bias. Sure. So every time we have math questions, brother, brother number one will resort back to the short-term memory or tell me to grab a calculator. Right. That's his answer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sometimes math questions require more than just a quick calculation. Are you going to buy a new house? Can you afford this house? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, it seems to be just a math problem, doesn't it, Bubba? It does. Huh? What kind of a mortgage and, and mm -hmm. what kind of payment can I afford? Mm -hmm. But then I start getting emotional. And I start, but I do want a pool. Right. Huh? And this one comes with a shop. Mm -hmm. And so I start thinking, well, you know, recently, not just in my life, I've seen other people make this decision and they seem to be able to afford to live in this neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And before long, I've talked myself into buying more house than I can afford. Right. How do you help people combat that? You bring them back to reality? Uh, and sometimes you have to be a little bit firm with them. Mm. Yeah. You say bring them back to reality. I, I say, you know, smack them into today, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because it's not just mm -hmm. about can I afford that payment. It's about, can I afford the maintenance? Yeah. Do I want to mow that big yard? Who's going to clean that pool? Do you want to pay the power bill for that bigger house? There you go. And those yeah. come every month, mm -hmm. don't they, Bubba? Right. And what about insurance? Mm -hmm. That comes at least 
every year and maybe it's in the mortgage payment. Sure. So I thought it was going to be a mortgage payment of $1,000. Mm-hmm. Then I get my first bill and I see it's 1300 Well, they're trying to rip me off at the bank. Right. Well, no. It comes with interest, insurance mm-hmm. and, and taxes in there, right? Right. So I can't necessarily rely on brother number one for all my answers mm-hmm. or all of the the biases that he tries to rely on. Sure. Here's another one. Herd mentality. Mm-hmm. It's one of those biases that he falls back on. So I have this lunch uh, group that uh, people I have lunch with, about eight or ten other guys. and We meet quite often and have lunch together. You know what I've found out, Bubba? They talk about me behind my back. I know. Yeah. No. So I leave early sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to be back at the office by 1 o'clock, so mm-hmm. I leave early. And I tell them, hey, guys, you know, you guys clean up, lock the door right. behind me, do whatever you do. And I have found that when I leave, one of them talks to the others about which stock he has recently bought mm-hmm. and what we may or may not have added to his portfolio. Now, that's private, isn't yeah. it? And I wouldn't disclose disclose it, so he chooses to disclose it himself right. to his friends. Mm-hmm. Now you know what his friends think. Well, how, why hadn't Greg Cooley recommended Apple stock to me? Mm-hmm. Why, why didn't he recommend it to me? He recommended it to that guy. Right. And is that a an example of herding mentality? Absolutely, it is. Why do we want to herd? Uh. So historically there's safety in numbers uh, there's safety in a herd uh, right uh, if you think about it you know a herd of, of uh antelope out on on uh, the african uh prairie mm-hmm. it's usually just one or two on the outskirts that don't run very fast that get eaten by the lion that's true you know the rest of them are you generally okay yeah while they run together right all those hooves mm-hmm. pounding at the same time right they're pretty good mm-hmm. but you get off on the side mm-hmm. and you go off on your own. Ooh, you can get eaten. Yeah. Don't you want to think of yourself as your own man, Bubba? Mm-hmm. Huh? I do. Yeah. And I think all these guys I have lunch with want to think of themselves as their own men. Mm-hmm. They don't even realize they're doing that herding mentality yeah. thing. But one of them will come out and say, you know, I recently bought some Apple stock. And the other one thinks, well, why didn't he recommend Apple stock to me? Right. And then what does he do? Mm-hmm. He calls you behind my back. Right. Mm-hmm. Is, is is all this true? I, every bit of it. This happens, yeah, right? This happens constantly. <laughs> and so they call mm-hmm. you and Bubba, I think I need a little apples. And it doesn't have to be your lunch lunch no. group. No. You know, it, it can no. be uh, so-and-so's book club. It can mm-hmm. be uh, so-and-so's coffee group. It mm-hmm. can be so-and-so's wine club, whatever mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. People you hunt yeah. with. So-and-so's, uh, you know, Tuesday night Bible study that they mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They get off on tangents, yep. don't they? Mm-hmm. And a lot of time they talk about things that will help them feel comfortable within their herding bias. Right. Nobody, nobody wants to be seen as strange mm-hmm. and different. I guess when we mature, we should want to be individualistic, though, shouldn't we? Right. And really to be controlled by what the crowd mm-hmm. does, isn't that like sixth or seventh grade mentality? Yeah. Wasn't that the way you were mm-hmm. in the sixth or seventh grade? Yeah, well, yeah. everybody's going to this thing. I guess I got to go, too. Yeah. yeah, or everybody's wearing this kind of jeans. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show people how old I, I am. 
way back in the 60s and 70s, there were these these jeans that had all of this filigree and all this stuff uh, on the pockets. And there were male jeans and Kotler jeans and, and all these different jeans. And if you didn't have a pair of those jeans, you were a nobody. Okay. And they, they were expensive. And, you know, sometimes they'd have things. You know, this also shows my age. We had bell bottoms. Mm-hmm. And so they had things that were down there, you know, sunsets and sunrises and flowers and maybe the insignia of your favorite team down mm-hmm. there on those things. Men, boys and girls were wearing them. Yeah. And if you didn't have at least one pair of those jeans, mm-hmm. you just you didn't have it going on. Right. And I didn't want to be one of those people that didn't have a pair of those jeans. So I went next door and mowed that yard the second time that week so I could get mm-hmm. the extra money yeah. to go get myself some of those jeans. Mm-hmm. Now, what could I have done with that extra money other than buy the jeans that made me feel cool? Well, a lot of things. But I chose not to. And, and my financial decision was affected by kind of an emotional bias that I had for hurting. Right. You think most of us think all of this is involved in how we're making decisions? No, they don't see it that way. How do we see it when we're making a decision? When somebody calls you up and say, Bubba, I think I need some of that Apple stock. Mm-hmm. And you know that, you know, he didn't want to call me because I'd probably mm-hmm. tell him in the first wake, or first place why I didn't uh, recommend it to him. Right. So what do you think they're doing? You think they're doing, they think they're doing the right thing? I don't think that... Uh that they, they think they're doing the wrong thing. Oh. But I think oh. that they've get, got some confidence because somebody else has done it. Oh. Yeah. Whether it worked out, whether sure. in the long mm-hmm. run it was the best deal, whether yeah. it was too mm-hmm. risky for you at your age, whether you mm-hmm. already own some in your mutual fund. That's right. Yeah. That you and I know. Mm-hmm. But they have to have some because somebody else has some. But if you, if you confronted them and said, hey, dude, don't you have your own individual financial plan, mm-hmm. you and your family, and haven't you put it together and hasn't it been running real well for the last 10 mm-hmm. years? Don't you want to stand on your own two feet and you're just wanting to buy this particular thing just because somebody else has it? That's now, right. if you explained it to them like that, they go, oh, no, 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 mm-hmm. I want to be my own man. Yep. But if they don't really think about it, they allow the herding mentality to hit them. Mm-hmm. Now, in the long run, is all this bad? No, I think in, in the grand scheme of things, they're wanting to invest more money in, in mm-hmm. something else, and at least they're not spending it on, you know, uh, a new Winnebago or... Right, or running new, to Tunica with running it. Running to Tunica with it. Right, right. Yeah. But in the long run, for the success of your financial plan... Mm-hmm. Isn't it better to stick with your plan and not let all these outside things affect you? It's an individualized plan for a reason. Oh. Yeah. So we're up against a break. And when we come back, we're going to continue that thought. What is an individualized plan? What does it do? And do I need one? 
Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you right here on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, we're talking about how we make decisions and how parts of our, our mind we, we really want to hear from and other parts we don't want to hear from and how a lot of times we're affected by, by, uh, by biases. Mm-hmm. And one of those biases is uh, kind of being a, part of a herd mentality. And uh, we said you need to be an individual. In mm-hmm. fact, you're plan, your financial plan, needs to be individualized. What does that mean? Don't all financial plans look the same? I think all financial plans have the same elements Mm -hmm. and components. Okay. But each of those components is going to be very different for individuals. All right. So these components, we're all, we're going to talk to probably just about everybody about their taxes and right. what they want to do with their legacy and their kids and their education and their retirement and their savings and their investing and their cash flow management and all that. Sure. That's part of everybody's. Right. But the answers to each one of these maybe areas, and in many cases are very very different from individual to individual or family to family. And you find this like when somebody retires. Mm-hmm. And somebody has, let's say they have $200,000 in their 401k. Right. Some people come in and say, Bubba, what will $200,000 give me the rest mm-hmm. of my life? And, and my question is, well, do you want to have anything left over when you die? Mm-hmm. And some people say. Some people say, and I've, I've said this time and time again on here, you know, uh, I'm willing to sacrifice during my lifetime so that my children can have more than I did. Okay. Or grandchildren can have more. So they're just going to take the bare minimum out of this $200,000 right. and try to leave as much as possible. And there are other individuals that, that, that say, uh, you know, if there's anything left over when I die, I miscalculated. <laughs> Which means that yeah. from time to time, they're okay to go into the principal. Absolutely they are. They want $5,000 a year. Right. And if that means in 25 years when mm-hmm. they die, there's twenty five grand left mm-hmm. over. They're fine. So what? Yeah. Other people will tell you, hey, some years if it makes mm-hmm. 5000 send me four. Right. Other years if it doesn't make anything, I'll live without. Mm-hmm. Correct. Now, is either answer right or wrong in the sight of the good Lord or the IRS? Absolutely not. It's based on what? Personal preference. Your own individualized. Individualized plan, yeah. You ever have people, the husband has one answer and the wife has another? <laughs> that happens more often than uh, than you'd like it to. Yeah. But it's something that you still have to plan around, which makes that plan individualized. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that maybe uh, one spouse versus the other spouse has different ideas mm-hmm. uh, for what they want certain monies to do. Mm-hmm. And maybe one spouse mm-hmm. listens to a brother number one a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Whatever the answers are, and whatever works out, and whatever my brother-in-law did, what, whatever. Right. And another one wants to think about it mm-hmm. and look at all the parameters yeah. and all of the effects and what it could do and mm-hmm. what possibilities there are. And that's a difficult conversation sometimes. It, it's a difficult conversation and can be a risk. Mm-hmm. Overcomplication, overthinking something, yeah. inaction by not taking any uh, action at all. That's right? right. Which is another bias some mm-hmm. people have. Yeah. Let's say the last time where they really thought about it. Mm-hmm. 
the last time they thought about that home purchase. And they did just like all of our engineering clients do. Right. They looked at the, the, the time value of money and how much interest they're paying in the first 10 years versus what they're paying at the mm -hmm. latter part and what the resale value in this particular zip code is. They did all that, and they bought a house, and it happened to turn out to be just a bad house. Mm -hmm. Maybe they didn't pay it attention enough to the inspector right or maybe they didn't that was one of the details they left out mm -hmm. well now they have a bias against thinking too much sure hmm? mm -hmm. on the opposite side maybe the last time they made a purchase they didn't think enough and so they just made a decision and just to make him or her happy right and now the next time they do it they're going to think more. Mm -hmm. Or maybe not. You know, people, they're hard to judge sometimes, aren't they? Very. About how they're going to make mm -hmm. decisions. Here's one. Some people have a bias uh, related to making decisions where they think they just have to do something. Mm -hmm. At least I did something. You have some people call you and the, and the market's going down a little bit, and they just think they have to do something. Right. Get me out, Bubba. Buy me something, Bubba. Mm -hmm. What do I do, Bubba? I have to do something. You're like... You're cool. Yeah. It's fine. You give them all those statistics about how, how often the market goes up mm -hmm. or down in a given year. Right. Because in a given year, the market moves 5% a certain number of times. Correct. 10% a certain number of mm -hmm. times. and 20% a certain number of times. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you got all those statistics. And so when they call mm -hmm. you and the market's down 5% and they just think they have to do something. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, I don't think you have to. Right. But now there are other they say, what are you crazy? You're not watching what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> they do, don't they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it's almost like they have to try to tell you yeah. how to do this. And you and you're like, believe the plan. Mm -hmm. Believe the long-term statistics. Believe you bought good stuff. Believe you can be patient. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to do something. Right. But they feel they have to do something because they want to be responsible? Um, not only responsible, I, I think uh, another portion of that is with turmoil, turbulence, up markets, down markets, mm -hmm. they, think, they think that they need to be active in their accounts. Okay. And, you know, sometimes it may warrant doing that. Mm-hmm. But... Many times it, it doesn't. Okay. And sometimes it's it just moves 5 or 10%. Right. And why go through all the trouble? And mm -hmm. maybe if you're in a situation where you're paying commissions to get in and out and do yeah. all that, and then a month or two later it's back to where it was. Right. So, you know, you mm -hmm. really didn't have to do all that overreacting five, five six weeks ago. Sure. So how do you determine whether I need to make and take action or not? Is this a time that I need to take action or is this a time just that I need to hold path? Well, you know, it goes back to other questions that we, we asked during this financial plan. Mm. Uh, and it, has your family circumstance changed at all? Has your health changed at all? Mm. Has anything in your financial life changed? You lost a job, got mm. a divorce, mm. you know, got remarried, had a grandchild. All mm -hmm. these 
factors come into play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not necessarily of uh, the way in which markets move and mm-hmm. operate. Mm-hmm. It's more about your personal life and what's happening in your life that may dictate the need for a change over here in your investment account. Uh, yeah, but I don't want to think that deeply. Bubba. You don't want to think that deeply. No, I, I, I you just want to call me up and you want me to give you the answer. Yeah, and, and I want you to do something. I yeah. want you to do something fast. I don't want you to talk about anything that's going yeah. to make me think about this more than three minutes. Mm-hmm. But this is really important yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. It, it's amazing how often people tell me that. Well, I really don't have time to come in for a full meeting, mm-hmm. and I need an answer here in about the next five minutes. But this is really important. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not important to spend 30 minutes on it. Right. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. All right. Here, here's another bias I, I see people uh, do. Let's say that the last time the market headed down, you pulled out, and I'm going to say the Dow. Mm-hmm. The Dow was at 26,000 when you pulled out. And then it went down, and it went down to 22,000. Mm-hmm. And then it came back to 26,000, and you got back in. And in your head, you saved yourself all of that angst. Right. And you saved yourself possibly losing 4,000 points. Mm-hmm. So you're confident. So the next time that the Dow starts down, you want to do that all over again. Yep. The problem is that every time the Dow goes down, does it continue to go down? Nope. No. It might be just a temporary thing. Mm-hmm. It goes down for five or ten points. You jump out, and then it turns around and goes yeah. back up, and you missed it. All right. So I had an overconfidence bias. Mm-hmm. Here's another point. You get out at 26000 Do some of those stocks in the Dow still pay dividends? Yeah. Even if temporarily the value that they're mm-hmm. trading at goes down, they still pay a dividend. Right. Procter & Gamble still pays a dividend, whether the market's up or down. It has for a long time. So you jump out, you miss those dividends in there. Mm-hmm. You actually cost yourself money, maybe. That's right. But you didn't think of it that way. Because you were overconfident that the last time you got out, you got back in. When you were at about the same place you got back out, it just happened to work. Now you think you have mastered this market game. Especially if you look at your time horizon. You know, well, so I would say, generally speaking, most people call themselves long-term investors, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if you jump out of the market because you've got a short-term fluctuation or volatility with the market going down, you're not a long-term investor. You're not a long-term investor. And suddenly, the wolf in sheep's clothing has mm-hmm. been revealed. Right. We say we're long-term mm-hmm. because, see, the long-term numbers usually look better when you hand me out mm-hmm. all these probabilities. Ooh, over a 30-year time mm-hmm. horizon, the market averages 11%. Right. But now over a 10-year time mm-hmm. horizon, it's about 8%. Sure. And, uh, and any given year, it could go up 20 or down 20. Mm-hmm. So I really want to think of myself as a long-term investor. That's right. I like 11% mm-hmm. more. But in the meantime, all these biases affect me where I might want to get in or get out. No, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Right. You're either a long-term person Mm -hmm. or you're a short-term trader. Yep. That's really what it turns into, right? It does. And do you know enough to be a trader? Do you think enough to be a trader? Mm -hmm. Do you have the stomach to be a trader? That's the big one. Huh? Because you can make a lot of money. And you can lose a lot of money. 
We're up against another break, and when we come back, we've got two more biases I want to go over that sometimes you may rely on to make financial decisions that you probably shouldn't. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. We're talking about some of the biases that uh, many of us make our financial decisions with. Here's one. It's called confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. So what that one is, is uh, you're, you're getting ready to make a decision. Let's say you're going to buy a house, and you want to buy a house at Pickwick. You've always wanted a house mm-hmm. at Pickwick. You think uh, houses at Pickwick are good investments, okay? Right. So you kind of go into this with a little bit of a bias. You're looking for just about any excuse mm-hmm. to support your position. Yeah. Let's say your wife is more open-minded. She may be okay with something up there, and she may not. So you guys contact a well-known realtor, and you start looking at houses. Well, the very first one you look at is in a place where this realtor right next door has flipped a house, and the guy made $500,000. Well, as soon as he tells you that, you look over at your wife. See, this is a great investment. Right. That's called confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. It may turn out to be a great investment, but this particular house is not the one next door Mm -hmm. that was flipped. You don't necessarily know when the guy next door bought Bought his. Yeah, it could have been 45 years ago. It could have been 45 years ago. Yeah, Yeah, he probably did make a half a million dollars. Mm -hmm. But you don't know. All you're looking for is just something to confirm your bias. And those friends of mine who may be talking to one another about what they own, maybe one of my friends has always wanted to own Mm -hmm. Tesla stock. He thinks that's a cool-sounding name, Mm -hmm. and he likes that guy that runs that company. And all he needs is somebody else to say, you know, I bought a little Tesla. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. I need some Tesla. It's a confirmation bias. That could be okay, but mm-hmm. it could get you into trouble, can't it? Mm-hmm. Go back to my example about you buying the house at Pickwick. Yeah, maybe you can afford a house at Pickwick. And yeah, you, maybe you need one. And yeah, maybe you'll use one. But just because the realtor told you a story about what somebody else mm-hmm. did doesn't necessarily mean you and your wife need to take the plunge, does That's it? right. I mean, that's not a cheap endeavor. No. You need to really think about that. Mm -hmm. But people will allow themselves to make major decisions based on confirmation bias. Right. And all these biases are there as ammunition to that first real hyper brother you have that wants to give you real quick Mm short-term answers. That's what they're available. Yeah. They're just just ammunition to him. There's there's one bias that I really like, and it's called survivorship bias. I don't know if that's on your list to talk yeah, about today. It's down the list. Go okay. ahead with it. All right. So survivorship bias. Uh, let me explain the premise behind this. Mm-hmm. Back in World War II, they used to take a look at airplanes that came back and look to see where the bullet holes were. Yeah, and maybe they they noticed that there were a number of bullet holes in in the in the fuselage, right? In the belly of the plane. So they okay. said to themselves, "Oh well, we've got to we've got to beef up these airplanes in the belly of the plane mm-hmm. in order to uh, to keep you know these planes safe, right, and get pilots back." 
And that sounds logical. Sounds logical, right? Right. But if you think about it, those planes were the ones making it back to the base, right? <laughs> so maybe they need to look at and the see... The ones that went down. The ones that went down, and, and if they've got a lot of bullet holes in the fuselage and they're making it back, mm-hmm. maybe we need to beef up the wings, uh, right? So yeah. that's survivorship bias yeah. in a nutshell. Even when you have logic. Even when you have logic. Because it was logical. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got holes in here. Yep. I don't need to have those holes in yep. here. Somebody could get shot mm-hmm. or this thing could go yep. down. Let me relate that to uh, to investments, for okay. instance. Because uh, yeah. this actually happened uh, recently. Uh, individual uh, called up and said, you know what? We said a number of years ago, two or three years ago, that we wanted this pile of money to be ultra-aggressive. Okay. All right? All right. Um and which is what we did mm-hmm. and a, a really good return profile i think for that particular account okay uh and i would estimate i'd, I'd have to go back and look at the numbers but i'm going to say estimate that over the last five years they returned 12 percent annualized right. okay yeah they were swinging for the fences swinging for they the were fences okay with that and did good okay until they looked at another index okay all right, all right. and that index that they looked at uh, again, a growth-oriented index, mm-hmm. diversified, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. returned like 14 or 15% during that time frame. Oh. And they said to themselves, you know what? I wanted to be aggressive. I didn't get this full 15 or 14%. All I got was 11 or 12, whatever it was in this particular mm-hmm. uh, portfolio. Mm-hmm. I want to go 100% into this index. Ooh. So I think in that case, you're probably taking on too much risk. Right. You know. And maybe you're making your decision based on history. Right. Which means that maybe it's already made its run. Right. And you're, and you're not looking at diversification. Uh-uh. You know, uh-uh. things, things uh, fall out of favor and fall into favor. They do. They Without do. a doubt. And people will chase that return, mm-hmm. won't they? They will say, hey, I got I only did ten or eleven percent in this one. That one over there has been averaging fourteen. I'm gonna jump over there. Right. Well, maybe it made its fourteen over the last five years, but over the next five years, it's so aggressive, Lord only knows what it could Maybe do. it's gonna track down and, and maybe return eight. Yeah. And this and this, you know, Other existing one. investment's going to continue to track along at twelve or fourteen because it's a little more diversified. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe it's not as super aggressive as yeah. a concentrated thing that you're going to because you're attracted by what it did. But I, I think that's a, a pretty good example of survivorship bias. Sure, it is. You know, where you would beef up the hull, right? Mm-hmm. But really, when you need to be beefing up is the wings. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, you know, I wonder, based on history, because that happened, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In like the First or Second World War. Sure. Right? I wonder how long it took them to figure out, you know what? We're beefing up the wrong parts of the plane. hmm And how many lives that cost. Right. And how much money was invested. And all of that made sense. hmm I've been in meetings before, whether it's a, a foundation meeting or a school meeting or a church meeting mm-hmm. or a meeting of a, a, a corporation where somebody can make a presentation and it makes sense. Yeah. We got holes here, guys. Right. We got to fill in these mm-hmm. holes. Right. And then somebody says, well, 
What about the ones that went down? Mm-hmm. Aren't those the ones we really need to be, need to be concerned with? Sure. Why did they go down? Oh. So what I really wanted to spend this whole show on was pointing out that the good Lord, when he made us, and when we have this human brain and our psyche, gave us the two brothers for a reason. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to work hand in hand. Right. Yeah, you don't need to overanalyze too much and talk yourself out of things. Because as you pointed out earlier, you can talk yourself into being paralyzed. Sure. I mean, I can reason you into paralyzation. Mm -hmm. I can reason you into not moving out of that chair the rest of your life. Paralysis by analysis. Absolutely. Yep. I can tell you how that if you walk out of here, somebody could drive by shoot. I could tell you if you walk down mm-hmm. to the corner. In the past, there are statistics about people who get hit by mm-hmm. cars that drive by. I can tell you never to get into another automobile. You know how many hundreds of thousands of people die over every decade in automobiles? I mean, I can reason you into the, I can reason you into never going through a drive through Yep. Mm-hmm. Huh? Right. There are a lot of things that brother number two could overanalyze you and scare you to death about. But there are also... A lot of things that brother number one could rush you into decisions on. That's exactly right. So you're made with both of those. Mm -hmm. A long-term consideration component, but also a short-term rely on your instincts component Mm -hmm. that should work hand in hand. But most of the time, as you pointed out, I'm lazy. Right. Hmm. Well, I hope we learned something today here on the Advisors Roundtable, something that you can apply from Super Talk Radio. Discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planners LLC. Ignite Planners LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. 